Hello and welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. We're so glad that you could join us and be with us today as we take on the topic of... 2021. Surviving and thriving. All right. Well, you know, this idea of 2021 has come to my mind as a topic because I have heard many, many people say and seen things on Facebook and all this about how, all right, well, we just need to get 2020 over. Once we get out of 2020, well, everything will be okay. Everything, you know, we can just, we just, we just need to put this year behind us. And, you know, as I've heard that and seen that, it really did set off my alarm bells. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, because for me, a really big deal is setting appropriate expectations. Uh, managing expectations. We talk about that quite often here on Shoulder to Shoulder. Absolutely. So the way the analogy that I would bring to this is, you know, I used to run track and I ran track, but I hated track. But anyway, <laughs> I was not a fan of track. But one of the common concepts that you hear in running is uh, the sprint to the finish. So this idea of if you've got like a longer, you know, run, um, when you kind of see the finish line, you leave it all out on the track. You just, you just start putting out whatever, whatever you've got left in the tank. You sprint to the finish and with the idea that you just, when you cross that finish line, you have given all that you've got. You can, you know, just, I, I know I've definitely even seen many people just collapse after they get across the finish line because they've just put it all in. They saw the finish line. They went for it. And then they just gave their all and they had nothing left in the tank. Right? What happens when you think a finish line is somewhere, you sprint to that finish line, and guess what? You get to where you thought that finish line was, and it ain't there. Oh, you no. still got to go another, you know, 400 meters, a half a mile, a mile. You don't have it Anything in you. Anything left, no. Your tank is empty. Ugh. And so I am afraid for a lot of people who are setting their sights on 2021, it's going to be better, that they're sprinting to this finish line that doesn't actually exist. Right. Now, I do believe it will be better, but not for the reasons most people might think. I think it's all in our head, too. Okay. Well, maybe we need to talk about, before we get to what 2021 is going to be, kind of like look back on 2020 and talk about the things that have made it so hard, have made it literally like a cliche that, you know, people say, oh, you know, in the future, when people look back on 2020, they're gonna be like, oh... 2020 that's the year that all the you know when you when we're grandparents are going to be talking about in my day in 2020 it was so bad Quarantine. Like, yeah so let's just talk about you know what's been so hard about 2020 why is it the dumpster fire of years well i'm probably not a really good person to talk to there's only been one main thing that really has bugged me the most about 2020 okay well what's um, your main thing the main thing is the mask man okay. it's the mask the other things like i was just making lemonade out of quarantine i just really did i just uh tried to take advantage of all that downtime being with my family so there's parts of quarantine that were just really really wonderful for us i mean it got old and that kind of thing but uh at the same time, I felt like we did a pretty good job of making the, the lemonade out of those lemons. Well, I would say for me, looking back on 2020, 
the thing that has been most impactful, oh, there's probably two things, two negative things that have been really difficult. Um, the first is the, we talk a lot about unity on this show, trying to work towards unity, the level of disunity that has come from the virus, the ways of approaching the virus, the politicization of the virus, the election, all of these things which have polarized people so significantly where you feel like you can't, unless you know hundred percent how somebody like views on stuff, you don't even want to honestly enter into conversations with people sometimes right. because you just, you're sick of fighting about stuff that people are often um, dealing with based on emotion and not on reason. Uh, right. That that thing of basing things on emotional emotions that I often think are not based in reason are irrational mm. has been a really big part of this year in my mind that has been very difficult for right. me to deal with. And then the second thing is the whole thing on the religious front. Like, I just really, really have been very discouraged by how the leaders of the Christian faith, you know, as a Catholic, of course, I'm talking about, you know, my, the bishops and, you know, to to some extent the priest as well, but because they have to be obedient to the bishops. So I really feel like it starts there. The level of focus on the temporal willingness to sacrifice things like celebrating the sacraments, the willingness to do things that I feel are disrespectful to Christ in the Eucharist. That has been really hard for me. I mean, just painful to my heart. Yes. And I don't see it ending Mm. in 2021. So, um, yeah, there's been some hard stuff and I haven't even had to deal with the difficulty of having the virus. Nobody in my like closer, close relationships has had it. I haven't had anybody die from it. I acknowledge that, you know, that is super painful and difficult that other people have experienced that I haven't. Um, I don't have like, um, elderly family that I've been permit prevented from seeing because of this, but I know that that's been a real heartache for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that's been really difficult. Yeah. One of the more trying and, and just really sad things for me is the fracture in some of my relationships because it shed light, you know, that 2020, that, that uh, perfect vision, yeah, the perfect Mm -hmm. vision, um, the, the thoughts and just kind of outlooks were a little bit surprising. Like some of my very, uh, a very faithful friend loves the Lord so much having a very high level of fear, um, was kind of incongruent with me. You know, I just didn't understand that if you, you know, love the Lord's will above all things. And we know that we all have um, our end time, our date where we we will experience death. And God knows exactly when that is. And to live in fear of that, I, I struggle with. I don't live in fear of that. Um, I think to, you know, run the race well and, and live it rightly according to God's plan and purpose and see the beatific vision when our time is is up is all kind of beautiful. And so I've had a really hard time with people struggling with this this overwhelming fear of death of the virus. It's really hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't be around them because it goes back to my other thing is wearing the mask because the friends would want to wear a mask in our company. And we're like, 
no, you know, right. we just almost, it's almost like a conscience thing for me, you know, to, to, to be honest and, and not wear it. Cause I just don't think it's really helpful. Right. And I think those things like, particularly as it relates to realities within relationships, um, things that what we've dealt with during this 2020 have revealed about us as people, even if the virus like totally disappeared tomorrow, those realities don't change. We still know those things now about people that we maybe didn't know before and that have caused, you know, fractures in our relationships potentially. And so this idea that just because, you know, we get to a new year or maybe there's a vaccine, you know, we talked about a vaccine. So whether or not that's going to make the difference that people think, seem to think it's going to make is, you know, questionable. But anyway, that we think that we're going to be moving beyond the virus stuff or say the election will be resolved and maybe you won't be happy about the resolution, but at least it'll be resolved. Right. January right. 20th. That is the definite date. I don't expect anything before then, so don't. I mean, you can, and if we right. do, that's that great. That being inauguration but day, right. yes, the day of inauguration, that's the only one thing you can count on. So, you know, if you're thinking, you know, okay, say we say it's in your mind, okay, we're going to have the vaccine, so that's going to take care of the virus, well, the, the election will finally be over, it'll be resolved, so that'll be over, and so now we can go back to living life the way it was before 2020. I just think that that is not a realistic expectation. Right. How do you think it's going to be different? Well, before I think about how it's going to be different, I think it's important to encourage people to be honest about what they're um, hoping for, for 2021. Managing expectations. Yeah. So you can't manage your expectations until you really examine what your expectations mm. just kind of are like before you've even put any like thought into it. Cause I think we just kind of naturally fall into having expectations right. even without examining the why that we have them. And sometimes we put, um, we make expectations, things that are actually just wishful thinking. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. What we want to be, the case, we start expecting to be the case because we, we want to be positive. We want to be um, optimistic. You know, I think, you know, Indeed. obviously there's some people who like are completely incapable of optimism and just like worst case scenario, no, it's going to be worse next year than it is this year. And hey, it might be. It might that, be. That might, that's very possible. All a matter of perspective. Um, but for those folks who, you know, they're trying to get through a really tough year and the thing that helps them get through is to be optimistic about the next year, to think it'll be better next year. I think it's important to start asking ourselves, okay, what do we think is going to be better next year? Well, you know, I might back it up a little bit to say, you know, let's turn this into a prayer. Lord, this is what I would love for 2021 to look like. And always in that prayer with, but not my will, yours be done. And let me just love your will above all things. But here is kind of my wish list for 2021. Okay. Pam's 2020 wish list. Go. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would like to see an increase in like the healthiness, like the coronavirus, they just um, now released the AMA took their ban off of the hydrochloroquine, which has been said to be very effective uh, in combination with other drugs against the virus. So I want to see a level of healing um, through 
increased knowledge of functional medicine and um, the allopathic medicines together to work in more of a better harmony for a healthier nation in general. I'd really like to see that both uh, physically and spiritually. That's that's a big one for me. Personally, I'm excited to be welcoming a granddaughter at the beginning of this year and can't wait to meet her and be a part of that. So life goes on in the dailiness of you know, people being given in marriage and families growing and healthy marriages and, you know, the prosperity part, whatever God wants, you know, I do pray for small businesses, Megan. I think that they've taken such a large hit in 2020 that I even did a whole bunch of posts on my Instagram story about shopping local and these small businesses to, to kind of give back to them because they're the ones hurting the most through the pandemic and the closures, the restauranteurs, and just the small business owners in general. So I just pray that small businesses will begin to thrive in 2021 as well so that their restrictions will be really lifted and we can get back to just that uh, the American spirit of hard work and effort um, to go towards that prosperity that our country has been so well known for. It's just a couple. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I, it wouldn't be honest for me to not admit that I actually um, am not really struggling with the, having this um, overly optimistic (laughs) attitude about 2021. I, some of the things that I think that 2020 has revealed about the soul of our nation uh, are disturbing enough that I understand that uh, unless there's some serious conversion in the hearts of and minds of a lot of people and a, a return to understanding life in a more eternal perspective instead Amen. of a, such a focus on the temporal mm-hmm. that things aren't going to get better. So I'm not you know, I'm not one who's saying, all right, we'll just get through 2020 and all will be well. But one of the, some of the things that, you know, I'm hoping that we can start working towards in 2021 is maybe, and it may have to come through that sort of place of, I can't take it anymore, actually. Like we may need to kind of have that experience of, 2020 coming and going and 2020, 2021 coming and it not getting better and things still really being hard where people kind of almost hit their, their tolerance level and say, I cannot do this anymore because a lot of the things I think we're doing, we shouldn't be doing Mm. right. This cooperation with um, government mandates that are done not so much based on reason and science and uh, you know true effective means of you, you know mean, you mean the ones that are unconstitutional yeah but when it comes to for sure of religion for absolutely sure. that's, when that's it been to freedom of religion me. yeah heartbreaking so i'm i'm hoping that that maybe if we kind of hit our rock bottom with this stuff that we'll start saying as a people no more no more. We are a free it, society. Yeah. We have the right to make some decisions about how we're going to live our lives and that the government has overstepped in a lot of arenas using COVID as an excuse for uh, some things that I think go beyond 
the virus and start really getting into a level of control that is not healthy for a free society. Well, it's not healthy, period, but it's certainly not in keeping with a free society. And so I'm hoping that there'll be sort of that awakening, that sense of the American spirit that says, you know, I I have a God-given right to make choices for me and my family about what is going to be best for our physical and spiritual health right. and that the bishops and the, and the religious leaders will start realizing that the spiritual health of our flocks are more important than even, you know, some sense of physical safety. Oh, you know, um, I want that awakening to happen. And in my mind, it may have to continue into 2021 to get to st- maybe stay the same or even get worse before I think we're maybe going to get to that point as a, as a broader culture that, that says we just can't keep doing this. Right. And on that note, I was having a conversation with my, my dear husband too, about um, being too attached to the news right now. Yeah, social media news, what's going on, you know, during this in-between time before the 20th when we know exactly what's going to be going on. And my brothers and sisters, you know, you can find God in the silence most of all. So unplug from these things, my brothers and sisters. You really need to unplug from those negative influences. Connect, go back to adoration, connect with Christ, you know, be filled with his love. Let him heal your heart from all the bad news, right? We do Mm -hmm. have that, but he doesn't want us to live in that place. He wants us to live in a place of love and peace and goodness, the fruits of the spirit. So if you are struggling particularly with the news of the day, unplug from the news of the day. Absolutely. And I, one of the things that going into 2021 and, you know, facing the fact that things have been very difficult and maybe you're just feeling so fed up and tired and just, you know, don't know how you're going to continue to go on if things don't get better. It's really important to try to, in, in adoration is the perfect place to do it, is to really ask the Lord to help you go in the, grow in the grace of trust. Because um, trust in the Lord says that, you know, Lord, I don't understand all the things that you bring about in this world and in my life, but I trust that you're good and I trust that you can bring good out of anything, no matter how difficult, no matter how much it's a struggle for me. So if we can kind of change the perspective of just like, let's just get out of this year and get it behind us. Look at it as an opportunity maybe to, you know, grow in trust of the Lord, grow in abandonment to his will. Absolutely. I mean, that's a really so important, important thing to mm-hmm. just understand that as much as we try to think that we have control over all, all these things in our lives, really the amount of control we have is very, very limited. And the best thing we can control is our willingness to submit our will to his, to make choices that say, you know, Lord, uh, I wouldn't have chosen this necessarily for my life or to have to experience these circumstances, but you have chosen it for me. And I don't necessarily understand why that is the case, but I trust that you have a good reason. Trust in the father's plan. Yeah. 
And difficult times give us that opportunity to grow in trust, to grow in faith, to grow in hope. I mean, faith, hope, and love, right? These three remain, and the greatest of them is love. But in this time, before we are perfected in love, before we have the beatific vision where we understand all of the stuff, right? We see through that glass darkly, right? That, you know, just like Paul says. And so as we're looking through this cloudy glass where we, we don't really necessarily like the image that we're seeing and we don't necessarily understand why things are the way they are, those supernatural graces of faith and hope tell us that God is good and he will bring good. And if we're struggling in those areas, I repeat, they are super natural graces. What that means is we can't just white knuckle will those graces, those virtues. We need to ask the Lord to help us, to help us to grow in faith and hope so that we can endure difficult times with faithfulness. You know, and Paul says, you know, I've run the race, I've competed well, and I've, you know, reached the, the, the finish line. Well, only God knows where the finish line is as it relates to, you know, the stuff regarding, you know, the pandemic, regarding the election, but even, you know, more generally the finish line of our lives, right? Right. He's the only one that knows where those finish lines are. And so we shouldn't be making guesses about those and sprinting to finishes that we don't know where they actually are. We need to have that more like slow, long endurance mindset that we just need to keep plugging into right. those outlets of grace. Well, that, that really calls to mind something, Megan, I think is so important as a Christian, uh, as we strive to live very authentically closer to the heart of Christ, we're people of hope. Are we living that way? Does Do we proclaim the kingdom with our actions and being a person of hope? You know, I'm going to ask myself that in the morning when I rise, am I living my life as a person of hope? And when I go to bed that night, I'm going to ask myself, how was I an encourager or a person of hope in this end of the 2020, beginning 2021 years? Because that's a real distinguisher between the Christian right now. If you do not have Christ in your life, you're not living in a place of hope and encouragement. So all the more we are separated. We are not of this world. We're not made for this world. We're made for the next. And let us be a person or a people of hope. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the the reality is it's it's a common aspect of human nature that when difficult things are happening, there is this catharsis of kind of complaining about them together. Like there is a unity that comes in our complaining, right? You know, how often do you see it? Like say at the workplace, you know, maybe something's come down a new directive. That's a real pain. And every, all the other people at work are just annoyed by it. And, you know, they get together and just like, Oh, this is ridiculous. I can't stand this or whatever. And there's something cathartic about that. Something that we can, the shared misery, the shared misery. (laughs) Right. But the reality is, is that when that's all we do, you know, when we're in difficult circumstances and all we're doing is getting together and wenching (laughs) about the things that are that are difficult, we are not being witnesses to the world. And as Christians, we're called to be salt and light. 
you know, and so to, to try to look for opportunities where, yeah, we're struggling too. like, you know, just because we're Christians and we have supernatural grace and we have faith, hope, like, it doesn't mean that it's not difficult. It doesn't mean that we're not struggling and suffering right along with everyone else. But the difference should be in the suffering, in the struggle, we still can have joy. We can be like St. Paul, who says, I rejoice in my sufferings. Absolutely. Right? Because they give us opportunities to be more conformed to our Savior who suffered greatly. They give us opportunities to be witnesses to a world that is suffering and says, there's more than this world. Let me help you see beyond this dark and weary world. Get out of yourself. You know? Yeah, get out of yourself. Leave your but, ego behind. Right. But and but also like help people shift their perspective from what's going on right around us to the, the eternal perspective. eternal perspective and the beautiful reality that no matter how bad it, things can get in this life, Christ has already won the victory. Mm-hmm. We have the promise of the triumphant return of our savior who will make all things new in heaven and earth. And, but if you don't have that perspective, it's very difficult to have any peace and joy during, you know, difficult times like these. Well, I've got to ask you now, what is your wish list for 2021? Well, like I was saying, you know, I hope I was hoping for an awakening of, you know, a a turning away from fear and anxiety and temporal concerns to having a more of an eternal perspective, uh, an awakening of the the sense of the freedoms that should be inherent in in the nation like ours and and reclaiming a right to the life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness to um, to claim our maturity our maturity as as adults in this world to make decisions for ourselves about what we feel is best for our lives and for our families and the independence yeah mm-hmm. so i'm hoping for those things um i'm hoping that the church will be more who she's called to be yes. in difficult times a, a sign we yet yeah, we should be a sign of contradiction That's right a contradiction against a society that's just consumed by fear and division, but a, a, a contradiction that says we will persevere in goodness and in truth. And we acknowledge that there is nothing greater and more beautiful in this world than Christ present on the altar and receiving Christ in the most Holy Eucharist. And that there is nothing that should ever separate us from the love of Christ Jesus that is present on that altar because it's worth dying for it's worth dying for if that and you know honestly Pam if that's not worth dying for nothing's worth living for it's <laughs> so true you know and I think we're called to that Absolutely. even just two years ago when we've been thinking about am I willing to die literally so that the Eucharist can be brought into this country into our homes into our churches and mm-hmm. I would never even have thought of that two years ago, but now I'm saying, yes, I would be willing to. Yeah, for Hopefully sure. Hopefully I won't be asked to, but right. you know, I, I would. You know, I, I love, there's this quote from, um, uh, oh gosh, now I'm blanking. I need to think about the name of the author for a second. She wrote A Good Man is Hard to Find. Nope, not familiar with that oh. one. It, she's just, it just totally went out of my head. A great American author, Catholic. Uh... Oh, well, not it'll Flannery. probably come to not me. Flannery. Flannery O'Connor. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Flannery <laughs> O'Connor. Exactly. 
I hate it when I have those total, okay. you know, blank outs. She was talking about the Eucharist once, and she made the very uh, terse quip, if it's just a symbol, then to hell with it. Oh, and I so embrace that idea, that sense of if the Eucharist is what Christ said it was, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, if that is truly what the Eucharist is, then we need to live like that. And our if, churches if our, need to look like our that. Our goal is heaven, and that is heaven, to be in the presence of Christ, yes. to be fully in his presence, like those churches should never close, should never accept that we're going to have to turn parishioners away from getting the body, blood, soul, and divinity, because what's more important than that? It's not just a symbol. And if it's real, if he's truly there on that altar, let's live like it, you know? And, and so that, that witness that we can be as church at this time in a dark time, I think is profound and, and I want us to live it more needed. clearly and so needed. And I want, you know, I ask God for the grace in my life to live it more profoundly in my everyday interactions mm-hmm. that people will see the light of the Lord within me, that they will see that I am functioning differently than the majority of people that they experience and want to know what is that? What is it that keeps you peaceful, joyful, optimistic, but not, not at all like Pollyanna or not acknowledging the truth of what's going on, being able to look truth fully in the face and say, no matter bad, how bad you are circumstances right now, there's something so much greater than you. Yes. So true. So I have to tell you another one of my fruits from 2020 as we're, you know, kind of looking back. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you, but when so much was was kind of withdrawn from us as far as our family, friends, you know, being able to move freely in the communities, all of a sudden, well, I've always tried to appreciate the little things um, all around me. I feel like it's really been enhanced this year. This year, I love the changing of the trees more than I ever have. The stark blue skies or mm-hmm. in the crisp air or the chirpings of a bird. These little things that were like, oh, that's nice. You know, previously in 2020, it's like, oh, Jesus, there you are. Mm-hmm. You're so near to us and you're loving us in a different way. So I feel like as the proverbial heat was turned up on one end, God's glory and goodness of his creation was really turned on the other side for me just to, to really see those. And you know what that did for me, Megan? It was, it's what gave me so much hope because hope has a face and he's there with us in creation at every moment. And that, that's really what has uh, kept me in a very positive, uplifted state during 2020 going into 2021. I'll continue to do that. Hopefully. Yeah, you know, it is true. The beauty of creation and and the way that it just continues to go on, no matter what we've got going on, like it does help draw us out of ourselves and out of our like turned in on ourselves and, you know, focusing on the things that we're missing or that we wish were different and, and just be like, you know what, there, there's more out there than just these circumstances. And one of the things that, you know, as I'm moving forward to 2021 and, and thinking about ways that we can go into it with a healthy mindset. One of the things that really has just been impressed upon my heart is that we need to stop making our well-being conditional on, on things. 
you know, like mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. so, it'd be like, okay, I will be able to tolerate, you know, life if this happens, or I will feel okay as long as this happens, and all these things that we kind of say. If this, then I'll be all right. I can't wait until. Right. Or or these things. And so to take those conditions off our well-being and to say, you know, be able to say, come what may, I will be okay because the Lord is Lord of all. Nothing changes that. Mm. Nothing changes that. And that, if that's where our well-being is, is seated in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, in the understanding that this is his kingdom we are in a, you know, I, I adore the, the Hail Holy Queen, you know, Me prayer too. because it acknowledges we're walking through a valley of tears. We are in exile. Exile, exactly. To remember this place isn't supposed to be perfect. It's not our home. It's not our home. It's not perfected. It hasn't been made, com- made completely new. Christ promised there'd be persecution, there'd be struggle, there'd be strife. It is what he promised. His word is true. And that if that's true, then it also means that we can be full of hope because he's going to bring the goodness out of it. And we might not even see it in our lifetime. Like, you know, things, I'm going to be perfectly honest, Pam. I happen to be one of these people who really does strongly believe that we are in the times of tribulation that have been prophesied both in in scripture, you know, through Christ and, you know, the, the writers right. of scripture and also through many, many apparitions, visionaries, prophets throughout the ages that there will come a time of great tribulation of the, when the church will be suffering her passion right. as the body of Christ on earth. You can see it right there in Revelation. Absolutely. And so I, I happen to believe that we are in those times. How long those times will last, I do not no know. One knows. But the reality is, is that it may get very much worse as far as the externals go before we see the glory of God breaking through in a way that we can perceive very profoundly. Right. So if we know that, we know that these things have been predicted, that there's going to be times that are very difficult and great struggling and persecution and, and hardship. If we keep the perspective of he's told us about it, he promised us, he's warned us, but he's given us the grace to endure if we just remain close to him and the church that he established and the true teachings of the magisterium of the church we're going to be okay. What I'm hearing you say, Megan, um, which is something I really try and practice because I get too ahead of myself is to really live in this present moment. You know, Christ wants us to be fully present in this moment, present to one another, uh, to our families, to the people he puts on our path. And I love the saying that says, you know, you can't find um, God in the past. You can't find him in the future. You can only find him in the present moment. And these times right now call for us to be so very present because I think when we we are very present to one another, we're bringing Christ to one another instead of having our mind here and there and worried about this or that and just not being fully who, who we're supposed to be in the moment. Right. And, you know, when Christ um, ascended into heaven and he gave us the Great Commission, right, you know, make spread the gospel throughout the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them. This is our greatest call as Christians 
is to live lives that draw other souls to the gospel, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we can maybe start like thinking about the difficulties that we're going through now, the struggles that people are experiencing, the real existential crisis that many people are going through right now and stop being like, woes us. This time is terrible to be living it and start thinking about, okay, if my job as a Christian, my primary job as a Christian is to help get other people to heaven while I'm working on getting myself there too, through being obedient to Christ and, living out, you know, his commands, what opportunity I have in a time where there's great difficulty, great struggle, great, like, you know, sort of existential angst where people's hearts may be seeking longing in a, in a way that they were not when things were all good, when everybody felt very complacent and comfortable in our prosperity and in our, you know, the fact that we were free to do whatever we wanted and we saw who we wanted and we, you know, all these sort of things. Like when Christ says, blessed are the poor in spirit, We've got a lot of people who are poor in spirit. Let's be blessings to them. Yes. Let us use this as an opportunity to evangelize and to say, I see your suffering. I acknowledge that this is difficult, but I have good news. And that good news is Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, another thing I hear you saying is that we're on this path of, well, I've I've long said on different shows that we're living or have been living in a time of the poverty of prosperity. Like things Mm -hmm. have gotten too easy and and just uh, we're, we're spoiled. And what I see is kind of a balance kind of returning. We are not as spoiled. Things have been more trying and more difficult and one of the natural consequences of that, which is a good one, is appreciation for the little things. And so that's one of those other little bright spots and the difficulties that we're experiencing. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, going into 2021, and instead of like saying, okay, I'll be okay if this happens, or I, I expect that, you know, these are all these things are going to be resolved. If maybe we could just, you know, look back on 2020 and try to say, all right, you know what? Yeah, that was a tough year, but what were some of the good things that came out of it? And then think about, well, let's carry those forward. Even if things do get better, let's not lose those good things, you know, like appreciating the small things and being more intentional about spending time with family and doing stuff outside and all those lovely things that happened and and keeping more in contact using things like Zoom and, you know, FaceTime and things to connect with people uh, when we maybe were neglecting those relationships when we weren't forced to do it that way. Right. Right. So, you know, take those things and carry them forward. And then for me, I think the number one thing as I go into 2021 is not to bring expectations to it, but to ask the Lord to guide me to make things better for others, especially those who are really struggling to live during these times. Yes. To really give me opportunities to spread that love and faith and hope that he's given as, as a supernatural virtue. It's not any work of my own. It's a pure gift from God mm, that I'm so blessed to have. And if I don't share that, I am not using that gift well. So to be salt and light to the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. A people of hope and joy. So I think that's a good place to end it to just, uh, you know, let's move forward into this new year, not hoping for things temporal, but trusting in the things. Greater trust in God. Sure.
Yeah. So, and I'll just end with come Lord Jesus, come. We long for you. We long for you to make all things new. We want to be fully seeing your glory. Uh, So until that day, until you come, we will continue to try to be light in a weary world, in a weary and dark world. So until next time, this is Pam and Megan. (laughs) Until next time, God bless. God bless.